ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead. Prayer devotional memorial. Family and evangelistic service. Family members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible. Episode number 631 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true non-fiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. And I think you need to remember this does not read like some of the popular books of today. It is broad and it is wide and it uh, will take a while before we turn a corner. And that's kind of like how God is. Uh, but when he moves, he moves. So today, my beloved, we're reading Proverbs chapter 23, verses 31 through 35. Shall we pray? Holy Father, God in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word that says, Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love. And I pray, Lord, tonight sincerely that everybody under the sound of my voice, family members, friends, and foes all around the world, would not listen to me pray, but pray themselves, for the power is in them praying to you. In the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, providing that they are saved and born again. 
And Holy Father God, I praise you and thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has all power in his hands. I praise you and thank you for your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon me and thus my family and thousands and millions of others down through the years. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for all of my children serving with me in the ministry and having done so since they have been uh, little children. And Lord, now my youngest children are just showing, showing out, which is normally not the case. That's not normally how it works. But uh, my three youngest children uh, have shown up and they are showing out, uh, helping their father preach the gospel to the world and making it uh, as easy on him as possible. And I thank you for all of my children who have helped me in the ministry down through the years, who have helped lay the foundation particularly on the technical side of things. For the truth is their mother and I we don't know we don't know anything about the technology compared to them. They know more in their pinky than we do. Uh, but thank you for giving me the heart and mind uh, to uh, take advantage of it to reach the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ has been the greatest run uh, with my children, that is, the greatest run of my life uh, and a whole lot of fun serving you together with them to this day and they're all grown now, but they're right now standing by and helping uh, in the ministry. And I am so thankful to you for that because that is a very rare thing. And, uh, and you did it. And I give you all of the glory, the praise, and the honor for it. <clears throat> and Holy Father God, I uh, pray that you would have continued mercy and grace upon each and every one of us who name the name of Jesus Christ, who are saved and born again, uh, Lord, in my family and in the families of the people listening to me right now and in families all around the globe. And have all of us in this crowd tonight to go and be the witnesses we should be by any means necessary Lord, considering the situation, if all we can do is pass out gospel tracts, help us to be the best gospel tract uh, distributors ever. And Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would forgive us of our sins, faults, and failures.
For those of us who are saved and born again, wash and cleanse our hearts and minds, consciences, souls, and spirits in the precious blood of Christ, and make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow. <clears throat> and, uh, Lord God in heaven, I pray tonight that you would crush and crucify those of us who are saved in my family and across the nation and around the globe. Crucify our flesh and the old man within us tonight. Break us, make us, and mold us to be what you would have us to be. And fill us all with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you deliver each and every one of us as well who are in your, uh, the family of God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross for our sins, his burial and his resurrection. Deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin tonight. Grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit <clears throat> to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right, and to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and get back to you our first love. And Holy Father God, I do pray for the salvation of the lost in my family starting with my own wife, Marika White, uh, who uh, has been cursed with that Pharaoh-style pride and uh, that Jamaican pride combined together, which is legendary. And so has people in her family, and so have people in my family in a different way. Uh, for Lord, you know best that the religious nut is the hardest, crack, hardest nut to crack because of their religious pride and stubbornness and foolishness. But Lord, I have faith that my wife, after 34 years of my praying for her and uh, living the life that you have given me to live in front of her by faith, which I believe is one of the main reasons why she's, she's even still here serving you because she's heard uh, all of the prayers that I prayed to you. But more importantly, she has seen without her help and without her pulling for me thousands of prayers that you have answered miraculously in her sight. And so, Lord, I pray that she would humble herself down and be probably the first one to truly get born again and saved in her family and to become an out-and-out -out Christian filled with your Holy Spirit. And she will find that the Christian life is never easy to live, but it's easier when you're doing it. I pray that, Lord, for her mother and her aunts, and my mother and my sisters, as my daughter, Danita, uh, mentioned uh, not too long ago, uh, that they'll, they'll be dying soon, and she's correct. And so, Lord, I pray that they will uh, believe in you in a real sense and not in what they do and have done. 
And uh, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this same prayer of salvation for all lost people in this audience and in the family members of true Christians and across this country and around the globe. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would revive those of us who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving and mourning, and Lord, at the same time, Lord, I pray that you'd cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my own wife, Marika White. At the same time, Lord, I thank you for my my thorn in the flesh. She has been that. And uh, Lord, you have uh, given me strength uh, to do great work in your kingdom by your power. Uh, even with this thorn in the flesh, as we will, if you tarry your coming and we live, I'll preach again on tomorrow night. Uh, and Holy Father God, I pray that you would cast the devil and the demons of hell, break all generational curses in our family coming down from both sides, unfortunately. Break it, Lord, from all of my children that they will not repeat the sins and the foolishness of their parents and grandparents. And you have already blessed the Lord tremendously and given them a wonderful start because of the favor you have uh, shown me that has passed on to them, which overrides the curse. And I pray that they will not take it for granted and that they will uh, uh, walk in the light and be obedient to you and live great lives, even better lives than their parents and their grandparents. And Lord, you know my prayer still is that the parents, the grandparents rather, who did not help them at all uh, coming up would not try to take advantage of their lack of motherly love that they did not have growing up uh, and mess up their lives, Uh, but to truly love them and to leave them be is my prayer. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would, for those of us who are saved and born again, You will help us, uh, Lord, and lift all of our burdens, cares and worries and anxieties and troubles and problems and fears from our hearts. And Lord, help us not to be the kind of uh, Christians who create these things in our lives. Uh, And Lord, help us to be Christians who... uh, Pray right, live right, think right, and do right for your glory, praise, and honor. And at the same time, we cast all cares upon you. For, Lord, we know that you care for us. And, Lord, as the precious memories roll like clouds in my mind, thank you so much for them. 
for I have so many of them, and they're so vivid. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for that. And Lord God in heaven, I pray tonight uh, in a very real sense that for those of us who are saved by your grace in this audience and outside of this audience, in this country and around the globe, <clears throat> Lord, I pray that you will deliver us from all distresses and afflictions, all uh, tribulations and troubles, trials, temptations and tests and tensions. Lord, with lessons learned, please do not deliver us from anything. If we have not learned our lesson, the lesson you want us to learn of complete obedience and complete faith and trust in you and whatever else it is you want to include in that learning. And Lord God in heaven, I pray tonight that you deliver us also from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems. Lord, help young people to move on while they can and not get bogged down to the point where they can't do anything. Open up doors for all of my children and all of the children of the people in this audience and who will be in this audience. And Holy Father God, uh, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for remembering mercy in the midst of chastisement and rebuke and uh, punishment for our good. For your believing Christians to get back to their first love and for people who are lost to uh, come to you as Savior. And then, Lord, uh, we pray that you continue to protect us all, millions of people, from a housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, and utilities crisis. We know, Lord, that it could be worse and it should be worse because you have been good to us, but we have not been good to you. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, bless and protect all of my children, all of my offspring. I thank you for each and every one of them. Thank you for giving them to me. And I pray that you will protect them now that you've blessed me to raise them on out the door. And uh, protect them, Lord, and protect all of us and all of the families that are represented here tonight and around the globe who are saved and born again. Protect us all from ourselves, our flesh and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Place, Lord, upon us tonight the whole armor of God. Surround us with the band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside. And have all that we do tonight and throughout our lives to be done only for your glory, your praise and your honor and for your kingdom. And for the lifting up of your king, our king, the king of kings, the Lord Jesus Christ, our savior. And even tonight, Lord, save that soul that is nearest hell. Reclaim the backslider. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen.
Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. Tonight at Proverbs chapter 23, verses 31 through 35. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright, at the last it biteth like a serpent, and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, Thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much for your holy word. And uh, I do pray that you will help us to take heed to it, to love it, to cherish it, to understand it, to comprehend it, to obey it, and to live by it. And then, Lord, in a discipleship way, formally or informally, to teach it to others and to proclaim and preach your holy gospel and the whole gospel, or rather the whole counsel of God. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead family, my beloved. This is Daniel White the Third. A little bit more. A little bit more. Watch that lamp. This is Daniel White the Third, Gospel uh, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House Family Devotional Reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's classic book titled "Morning and Evening." This is the podcast. This is episode number six hundred and five. For this devotional 
Dr. Spurgeon has chosen Matthew 6, 9, which reads, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This prayer begins where all true prayer must commence, with the spirit of adoption, our Father. There is no acceptable prayer until we can say, I will arise and go unto my Father. Pardon me. This childlike spirit soon perceives the grandeur of the Father, of the Father in heaven, and ascends to devout adoration. Hallowed be thy name. The child lisping, Abba, Father, grows into the syrup, crying, Holy, Holy, Holy. There is but a step from rapturous worship to the glowing missionary spirit, which is a sure outgrowth of filial love and reverent adoration. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Next follows the heartfelt expression of dependence upon God. Give us this day our daily bread. Being further illuminated by the Spirit, he discovers that he is not only dependent, but sinful. Hence he entreats for mercy and grace. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And being pardoned, having the righteousness of Christ imputed, and knowing his acceptance with God, he humbly supplicates for holy perseverance. Lead us not into temptation. The man who is really forgiven is anxious, if you will, anxious not to offend again. I hope you, you get that. If you are born again, if you are saved, I would not choose the word anxious, but you are very concerned about uh, not sinning against God again. It's just in your heart as a born again child of God. You're not looking for sin. You're asking God to help you avoid sin and temptation. I have a pastor friend, Pastor Val Cuthbertson, who told me several times, he's older than I am, all of my preacher friends are older than me. I've never had any preacher friends my same age. Uh, I felt like they just would not do me any good. Um, but anyway, all of my preacher friends are 20, 30 years older than me, and I thank God for them. But he, for some reason, told me in the times that we have fellowshiped together, 
he would say, Pastor White, let me tell you, um, my only concern is that I can leave this earth without sinning against God and without messing up. And that's my concern. I, I don't want to, I don't want to sin against God. I don't want to bring any shame on his name. That's what he told me. And if you're saved, you have a similar concern. There's something on the inside of you that makes you have that kind of heart and spirit where you don't want to bring any shame on his name. You don't want to sin against God. And thus, Lord, deliver us from evil. Again, the possession of justification leads to an anxious desire for sanctification. Forgive us our debts. That is justification. By the way, that seeking for forgiveness. Do you know that is the center point of my prayer? I would do some praising of God, thanking God for what he's already done. His grace, his mercy, his love, salvation, and all of that. But the center point of my prayer is to get to that point where I confess my sins and I ask God to forgive me of my sins. And yes, even if I can't name something, I still pray it. There's never been a day in over 43 years that I have not asked God to forgive me of my sins, my faults, and my failures. I've got to have that. And you have to have it too. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now that is getting down to some serious praying right there. Deliver us from temptation and deliver us from evil. And deliver us from temptation as well. That is sanctification in its negative and positive forms. As the result of all this, there follows a triumphant ascription of praise. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We rejoice that our King reigns in providence and shall reign in grace from the river even to the ends of the earth and of his dominion there shall be no end. Thus from a sense of adoption our Father up to fellowship with our reigning Lord this short model of prayer conducts the soul. Lord, teach us thus to pray. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And Lord, I praise you and thank you so much for this great reminder tonight. From your servant, he being dead yet speaketh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, one that you gave the mother load of unction and anointing to, it seems to me. And Lord, I thank you for it. 
and your saints living today thank you for it for what you did in his life which is a blessing to my daughter Daniqua Grace who has been very familiar with this book for many years now and has helped me to share it with the world in magnificent ways and uh, I give you the glory, praise, and honor for how you have worked out all of this so that we can be so blessed in these uh, perilous times. Help us to take heed to what we heard here today. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, my dear friends, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. As we continue with the family verses, as you can tell now, we're back to the old way that uh, uh, we have done these uh, devotional services. Now that we are in the fall, The Holy Bible reads regarding the family section, the family verses, what I call the family verses, so that your family will not look like the Adams family, but more like the Brady Bunch at the house, not just at the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. This is what God expects of you. But he wants you to love her the way he loves you, his bride, the church. How's that love feeling right now, church? It doesn't feel that great right now because that and that's love, too. He's chastising and rebuking the church. And God does not play and Jesus does not play. I, I know that's what you think and that's what you've been taught for the past 50 years on Daystar and TBN and all of that. But that is not it, man. See, and see, you know what? And what some people are mad about is they're mad that their racket is over. The Christianity of their making is over. And God is stepping hard. Jesus is stepping hard in his church. It's his church. He wants his church pure. And if that has to be whittled down to just 7,000 people worldwide, then that's what it will be. Did you hear what I said? That's what it will be. Because he's rooting up and exposing people not only... Uh, before the plague, but during the plague and after the plague. Phonies are falling like flies. God is cleaning up his church. Why wouldn't he? He wants a pure church when he comes back. Not all of this fluff and hypocrisy in a church of your making. See? And so you can get with his program or you can keep on trying to resurrect your program, whatever uh, you, you are trying to do without him. 
always remember there's a true church flowing and there's a false church flowing. Which one are you in? And so uh, that means husbands love your wives, but that does not mean for you to become henpecked, controlled, manipulated, and dominated by your wife. Then you really don't have a marriage. You have a manipulation factory. And there were some women today who admitted they are master, master manipulators. One woman says she took joy in making a man do housework and do chores. Manipulating him into doing chores in the house. She says she loves it. She, she just, she just loved making men do that. Tricking them into doing stuff like that. And some men are so weak in their minds and do not understand their biblical authority whatsoever they go right along with it like a little puppy dog and you got some men they would not have any they would not have it any other way you got some men so wicked they want the woman to whip them and to chain them up like a dog and an animal in a cage So loving your wife does not mean letting her have her way. Let me tell you what it means. Sometimes if your wife is an evil woman and a rebellious and stubborn, sometimes it's getting in her face and helping her to understand eyeball to eyeball, you're not going to disrespect me in my house. Now, if you think you're going to do that, you might want to go ahead and find another place to go. But not here. That's not happening here. I'm not going to have you to make me and you sin against God up in here in front of these children. Guess what? My sweet evangelical brethren, that's love too. And some of you real men have done that. And and, and she needs to look you in the eyeball uh, while you're saying it uh, so she can understand uh, this is serious. And a a not even a good woman, but a decent woman will understand she needs to back down and humble down and respect your authority. Because the, see, and, and, and let her know the only other solution here, because I'm not going to compromise with you. I'm not going to be driven by your manipulation, baby. I, I'm not that kind of man. So uh, the only other solution is evidently you really didn't want to get married. So you, you, you need to go someplace else. Well, that would mean divorce and this and that. Whatever. Whatever it means. God does not want you, sir. Jesus does not want you to compromise with your wife on the word of God or nobody else. That's why we're in the mess we're in today. See, and some of, our, some of my sweet evangelical brethren... And I love them. I thank God for all of my evangelical brothers and sisters in Christ. You're my people. But you have done some things wrong. And now you know it. And I've been telling you this for the past 40 years almost. Including my independent Baptist brethren. Let me help you. Let me tell you something. 
where where the independent Baptists lost it, white and black, where the Southern Baptists lost it, white and black, where the National Baptists lost it, the Evangelical Free Church, the uh, Bible churches, all of my sweet Moody family, everybody, we lost it on the family. And by losing it on the point of the family, see, what we wanted to do was be great saints at the church and devils at home. It does not work in God's economy because God is watching both places. God is up in your family, whether you, you, you think so or not. Honey child. <laughs> yes, sir. So I, that's why, listen, uh, that's why I tell women, you can go ahead on and trust God. And, 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 and by trusting God, you can submit to your husband. Don't worry about it. Stop worrying. Pray without ceasing. Put your trust in God. You're not putting your trust in your husband. You're putting your trust in God and what he said. And you'll be fine. Husbands, do not hearken to the voice of your wife. Uh, and, and I was saying this day, in, in this day and time uh, for nothing. You, have, you keep your own mind. And I know there's some preachers who know uh, that I'm telling the truth about this. It's because some of you men are so colored by what a woman says to you, your mother, your, your wife, your girlfriend. You, you, you don't even know your own mind. She has manipulated your mind so much. And they love it so. And like Mrs. Steve Nutt told me over dinner with her husband at their table, at their uh, uh, household table, dinner table. There's something in women where they want to control the man. They want to manipulate the man. And she told me, don't you ever let your future wife do that. I was not even married at the time. Don't do that. Because see, as soon as you let her do that, and she can detect it. She said, if, as soon as you let her do that, she's never going to give back the reins to that marriage voluntarily. If you fool around and let her have the reins, she's going to take them and she's not going to give them back. Now, she does not know what to do with the reins. But she's going to keep them reins. That's what she told me. This is an uh, older white woman told me this. Right there in front of her husband. All three sitting at the table. They invited me to preach over in Gießen, Germany. And it's so true. I just wrote an article about Harry. Harry lost everything by following Queen Jezebel, his wife, with the demonic, stupid foolishness of Mexit. Dumb. That's just dumb. He lost everything. And I believe that he was his grandmother's favorite grandchild. And he broke her heart to death. But she broke him in her death. And now today they're at the bottom of the totem pole in the royal family. 
right beside the whoremonger Prince Andrew. He lost it all because of his wife, hearkening to the voice of his wife. Like so many men have lost it all, hearkening to the voice of their wives. Contrary to what our sweet evangelical uh, seminaries and pastors have been teaching for years. <laughs> if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Nope. That's not how it goes. You're taking us way back to Genesis. Adam, where art thou? Mm, you follow your own mind. I would rather for a man to follow his own mind and be wrong than to follow his wife and be right. I, 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 I would rather for him to do that and learn it himself from God. Today, that's how bad it is. That's why I'm for that. Happy wife, happy life. No, I'm happy anyway. I was happy before I married my wife. And I am not going to let my wife take away my happiness. I never have. Do you hear me? Never, never, never. I told you last night. I enjoyed the times, the special times and wonderful times and watching crazy movies and eating popcorn with everything in the world on it and eating pizza, running, getting pizza sent, going to get pizza, all of that, which I did not need, but I loved it. With a passion, I loved it just as much as they did, if not more. And with my, my wife being over there sad and, and like a bump on the log, didn't bother me. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. And I never had a man cave. My cave was the whole house. It was my castle. I didn't have a cave. The whole castle. The castle is mine. I, I, I sit anywhere I want to sit. Go where I want to go. Say what I wanted to say. I didn't care what she thought about it. Now, if she has some advice about, you know, uh, decorating something, which she never did, I, I, I would have listened to that. Because I don't know how to decorate anything. Every household we lived in was a ministry station. Ministry. Every household. So if she didn't want to decorate it, that was her business. I didn't, it didn't matter to me. As long as it was functional. Where we can get the work of God done. Now, you know, and I told my daughters. My oldest daughter, Danny, and my oldest daughter, Danita. When I took them, I helped them get their apartment. My daughter, Danny, will not want to admit the truth, but I'm the one that picked the apartment out. And uh, they want they were going to live a minimalist lifestyle, you know, like they had been living with under me with me. You know, uh, we lived a minimalist lifestyle for real. We didn't know what minimalist uh, meant, but we 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 were living it. Bad bones focus on God in the ministry and the work. And I said, now, now that you are out of my house and you're moving on with your life, you have finished your college education. Both of them have master's degrees and bachelor's degrees and all that. And my daughter Danny has three or four masters and, uh, and uh, is working on her doctorate. Now listen, 
This is what I told them. I went to the apartment with them, and they nothing was in there. I said, no, 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 no. You don't have to live a prophet's life now like you did under your father, the prophet. You're not a prophet. You don't have to live that kind of life now. And I told my daughter, Danny, you, God has blessed you to get a job in an area uh, where you can learn from people on how to uh, handle money and generate money and invest money and so forth and so on. Take advantage of that. Learn from them so that you can live in one of these nice mansions around here. I told her that. You don't have to live the prophet's life anymore. You did that. I have to live it. You don't have to live it. And the truth of the matter is, I have to live it and I love it. I love the simple lifestyle. By the grace of God. And my wife could have had a mansion. Even while I was living by faith. And we had one. But because she did not behave herself in it properly. She did not take care of it as she should. Did not love on and care for her children. Kept up some demonic mess against the ministry. I took it from her. And uh, got her into something with me. Much, much, much cheaper. And I love it. And she hates it. I had all set up, see. Uh, but my children, they're living in a mansion now. My oldest daughter, barely 30 years old, drives a Mercedes and, and has helped me in the ministry with multiplied thousands of dollars. See, so thank God, and, and, and it's because of God's favor on my life that we all have landed here <clears throat> and I thank God for that but my point to you husbands you need to be happy with your children even if your wife is not happy you cannot spend your life sir yes you love her but it's with God's kind of love you cannot spend your life with trying to appease your wife and make her happy that is not biblical it's been a part of the false teaching that you have heard in the sweet evangelical church, which includes Baptists, Bible, uh, Independent Baptists, Southern Baptists, National Baptists. If you don't appease the, the, the women and make them happy, ain't nothing going to happen. And that's why I am hated. Literally hated by some women who would love to see my wife leave her husband and divorce her husband, including some of her own family. Well, they, they, didn't, want, they didn't want to her to leave when she had those seven children with me and come and be a burden to them. But now that I have raised the children by myself, this is the demonic foolishness they would like to see done. And she fooled them through God. Through 43 years of prayers, 34 years of prayers, married, that I've been praying 
God intervened and, and she fooled them. Beyond measure. But that's, but that's how evil they are. They, they didn't want any parts of her when she had seven children. See? But after I have raised the children by myself, and they see how wonderful they turn out, and they're grown, they don't have to change any diapers, they don't have to pay any money, and, and so forth and so on, they, they want to try to mess uh, them up and mess our family up. Why? Because of what I'm telling you. And what I'm telling you is what I have practiced over the past 34 years. I do not let my wife get away with anything. Lying, dishonesty, bad attitude, bad spirit, mistreating the children, neglecting the children, and all of that. No. Mm -mm. no. You have a choice. You do what I tell you. Oh, you need to go someplace else. Evidently, you didn't want to get married. You didn't want to be married. That's the choice. That's, that, and there's no alternative because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Daniel White Jr. I'm Daniel White the Third. My dad would compromise with my mother and let her have her way. I, I was not going to do that. I, I, can't, I can't. As a man, I can't live like. As a Christian man, I can't live like that. And here's the deal. Most women do not want to live with a man like that. They think they want that. But they're going to get, once they conquer that man, they're going to want somebody else to conquer. And in fact, they'll have a, a bow peep that does not give a flip about them. And they love that, see. They love bow peep. See. So, love your wife, but love her the way God loves you. Does God let you get away with stuff? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. What? I cannot hear you. If you're a child of God, does God let you get away with your sin and what you want to do and your evil and your nastiness? I would venture to say if that's the case, you, 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 you don't even know God. You're not saved because he does not let me get rid of anything. Not anything. There's certain words that he does not even want me to say to my wife. Even Prince Philip says some things that I can't say. I can't, I can't, I can't even repeat it. To, to Queen Elizabeth. He, he won't let me do that. But he'll allow, he'll allow me to say what I need to say. And do what I need to do. To have peace in my home. Because that's what I'm going to have. I'm not going to have chaos in my home. Like my dad did. And he allowed. That made. Uh, his sons. Uh, bitter. About it all. We asked him about it. We asked him about it several times. And he told me. He said. Danny boy. I just kept quiet. Because I wanted to keep the peace. Well I didn't say this back to him. But in my mind. There was no peace. No peace. 
that's not keeping the peace. I mean, that, that that's not peace. I don't know what that is. And so, husband, love your wives. It does not mean you need to take her out every Friday on a date. Does not mean you need to buy her flowers on Tuesday night. It does not mean you'll let her have her way. And let her manipulate you and uh, and withhold the vagina from you and all that kind of stuff. No, no, you're in charge of all of that. I say you're in charge of all of that. You're in charge of her body. She She's sinning against God if she withholds uh, sex from you. And same thing uh, for her. You're sinning against God if you're withholding sex. And I, I don't want to know you if you're doing that, man. Man, I don't want to know you if you're doing that. I, I, I don't understand then the bible says and the wife see that she reverences reverence her husband that means she should respect her husband she should honor her husband now if you are born again christian god will help you to do that in my wife's case who is not a born again christian she has to choose to do that, and it's harder for her to do that. But I insist on her doing that. Up in here, up in here. I insist on it. Preacher, what? I insist on it. But I heard somebody say that a person needs to earn respect. You don't have to earn anything. Does God have to earn your respect? And some of you still don't respect God. You don't fear God. He's God. Jesus. Did they did he earn everybody's respect? And people don't fear God, don't reverence Jesus today. No, no. We ought to reverence God and respect God. He doesn't have to earn anything. And when God says a person is in authority over you, that authority figure does not have to earn anything. What you owe is respect and reverence and honor to that person. I, I don't feel great about any of these last three or four presidents. But I still respect them. I respect their position. I, I'm not a fan of President Bush. I mean, President Biden. I was not a, fine, a fan of President Obama. Or Trump. I, I was not a fan of these presidents. And I'm not a, a fan of President Biden right now. But I still respect him as president. I'm not going to go up to him and say, Joe, hey, Joe, how you doing? Okay, it's a choice you make. If, you, if you're saved, it's an easier choice. If you're not saved, it's extremely hard. And if you're proud and you're stubborn and you're rebellious like my wife is... It's an extremely hard thing to do on a consistent basis. For example, um, my wife will respect me doing church. But before church, she will have uh, a problem respecting me. And even after church. And I, I have to stop her and tell her, no, you need to rephrase that statement. Say that again. 
don't come in here with me with no attitude. We're not going to have that here. I don't care if the children are here or not here. And she thought she could get away with a few things after the children left. I said, no, you can't. Not with me. And could be, you know why? Because God is here. God is still watching over us. And so men and women, husbands and wives, make sure you're born again and saved and do what God has told you to do. Because otherwise, it's not going to work. And if you don't believe me, just look around at your church and look at all of the divorces and broken families and now blended families and all of the mess that's going on in your church. Just look around. White and black churches, mixed churches, mess, mess, mess in marriages and families. And I said it before. And I'm going, to, I'm going to say it again. No pastor anywhere should have the personal cell phone number of any woman other than his wife and daughters. And if the daughters are married, uh, he might need to let that go. Because she has another leader. And it ain't you. Unless they have a wonderful, great relationship, like some few people do. And if she, your daughter wants to have you in her life like that, but you don't have any authority over her once she gets married. And so, you know, let it go. And uh, uh, if the husband does not want it, he doesn't he feels some kind of way about it, then just let it go. But especially... Uh, with uh, other men's wives and other women in church, you should not have their personal cell phone number, period. Okay? Husbands, love your wife that way. And wives, don't be giving your cell phone number to your boss and men on the church. They, they, they're not your husband. Men, men in the church and men on the job. All that needs to be cut out. Oh, see, see, preacher, you're a legalist. You're a legalist. No, I, I don't want to see you in the funny papers. Because that's where you're going. Okay? And you're going to be in a mess. Trying to send certain kinds of uh, texts to certain women and all this kind of mess like that. that you're going to be in a mess. It's not only in the church, it's in the world. There's a man right now out there in Hollywood texting other women, telling them how beautiful they're not. He's in a mess. The reason why this happens is because people, texting can almost be pornographic in feeling because you're hiding behind a screen and you want to test some words on that woman on the other end uh, to get her heart beating and coming your way. And, and you should not do that, pastor, pastor's wife. None of that should be happening. If you, you pastor, if you have a wife... She should not be giving her cell phone number to some man in the church. Never, 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 never. You understand me? Don't do that. Don't allow her to do that. And this, this little trick about we be brothers and sisters in the church. You know how we are brothers and sisters. Yeah, but she's married 
and he's married. So what are you talking about? You don't fool me with that mess. Anyway, let's pray for others. Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for millions, uh, yes indeed, for millions of people who are hurting uh, and mourning and grieving. But Lord, we, and we pray that you would comfort them and draw them to yourself for salvation. And uh, Holy Father God, we pray Uh, also for uh, the few by name as we've been doing now for 800 and uh, what is it now 800 and what 851 851 services we pray Lord for the family and friends of New Jersey resident Robert Cruda. Comfort them as only you can. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident Tio Filo Benitez. We pray for the family and friends of Florida resident Mark Levine. We pray, Lord, for uh, some new prayer requests. And uh, we pray for Pastor Pashibi. Please bless them with the tin iron sheets, T-I-N iron sheets for the Najanda church roof. Please bring about peace, calm, and reconciliation after the elections in Kenya. Outcome, please bless them to have many more pastors' seminars. We pray for James. Please bless him with Bibles for the new converts. Uh, we pray for PTK, for his niece and nephew to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior and find healing, peace, joy, and purpose in you. We pray, Lord, for the people who have gotten saved through uh, the preaching of the gospel through this ministry. We pray for Melda, Tiny, Yasserine, Francisca, and Patricia. And Lord, we pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. We pray for Gigi, Rashida, Ladira, Henry, and Ronald. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you are here with us tonight, and you are not saved, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior in the free pardon of your sins. Please listen carefully. Here's how to be saved, or rather, here's how to get saved from hell and uh, to go to heaven when you die. First, understand that you are a sinner. As I am a sinner, the Pope is a sinner, the Dalai Lama is a sinner. Even Joel Osteen, the pastor of the largest church in America, is a sinner. We all have sinned grievously in God's sight by breaking the Ten Commandments of God, by lying, 
by stealing, by lusting in our hearts after people and things, coveting in our hearts after people and things. Dishonoring and disrespecting our parents, dishonoring God, committing adultery. I'm just naming a few of the Ten Commandments that we, you included, you have broken and I have broken. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And second, you need to accept the fact accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. There is a punishment for sin always, always. The Holy Bible says in Romans 6:23, for the wages of sin is death. We die because of sin. Strangely, because of our sinful nature, these things do not weigh on us as they should. Sadly, because of our sinful nature, the very nature that causes us to die and go to hell, the truth of these things, somehow, some way, as wicked, proud human beings, they do not bother us as much as they should. They do not trouble us as much as they should. But they should, because you know death is coming, and yet you still want to jam, jam, boogie, boogie, and let the good times roll. You still find more, you still find things uh, more important to you in life than getting ready to die, and uh, to make sure that you're saved from hell and saved to heaven. Isn't that strange? How that we can have a friend to die, a family member to die, and we go, we dress up, and we go to the funeral. Like somehow we're going to live forever. There's something wrong. There's a disconnect situation going on there. I believe it's because of our sinful nature. The sin factory that we have in our hearts and minds, souls and spirits. It causes us to seem distant or to be distant from these things like they're never going to happen to us but you're going to die my dear friend i'm going to die and just like the nine the 999 plan that the man on the commercial talks about for life insurance uh, you need to get your eternal life insurance policy squared away and you don't have to pay a dime is already paid in full through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you have car insurance. Some of you through your job, you have health insurance. You have life insurance. So that if you were to drop dead, your family would a million dollars. House would be paid off. You have house insurance, property insurance. Now it's time for you to get eternal life insurance so that you will not drop off into hell. Because hell is a real place. The wages of sin is death. It is appointed on a man once to die, the Bible says. No other book talks about this like this, by the way. Only the Bible. 
The wages of sin is death. The paycheck that you're going to receive at the end of your life is death. And you cannot escape it. Somebody is saying that uh, the Attorney General in Texas skipped out on a subpoena by not being at the house to receive it. When death comes, though, to subpoena you, if you will, you, you, can't, you can't hide because death is everywhere. Death will get you when it's time for you to go, for you have an appointment with him, and you will keep that appointment. You can't call in and say, oh, well, I'm going to miss the appointment. They know, you know, you're going to fulfill the appointment with, de with, with the death. And after you die, if you have never truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, by the power of God, you're going to hell. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than any body in the Bible. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven. For he said in Matthew 18:8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off, your hand or your foot, Causes you to sin against God and against yourself. Always remember when you sin, you sin against God and you sin against yourself. And these are like daggers in your soul. All of these sins that you commit. That's the reason why you have to die. You don't only offend God, you offend yourself. And cast them from thee. Jesus said, it is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. So hell is a very real place because Jesus Christ said so. Jesus Christ would not lie and he cannot lie, the Bible says. Hell is a very real place. <clears throat> and he died on the cross <clears throat> to save you from hell. He preached hard and long about it because he wants you to take advantage of what he did for you on the cross. He suffered, he bled, and he died for your sins. He paid your sin debt. He was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And all you have to do is the easiest thing that a man can do, and that is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith, believe in him. Call on his name and pray and ask him to save you. For Jesus Christ said these words, hell is bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ said these words, the most important words in the history of the world, the most profound words in the history of the world for mankind. 
He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All you have to do is do what Jesus Christ said. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. Call on his name, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe in Jesus Christ tonight, my dear friend, wherever you are in the world. And call on his name in prayer. I'm getting ready to pray the sinner's prayer right now. As I prayed it over 43 years ago for my soul's salvation. And I have never been the same. Follow me in prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Believing in your heart in Jesus Christ. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. For I have broken your Ten Commandments. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul and please forgive me of all of my sins. <clears throat> as I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins. Help me to change and help me to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ told you to do, and you called on his name and prayed and asked him to save you then that's and you were sincere in your belief and prayer then that's what Jesus Christ requires for you to get saved based upon his holy word and uh, since you have done that may I say to you congratulations for doing the most important thing in life and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, 
please go to gospellightsociety.com and get your free book that I have written for new converts titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Also, email us and let us know that you uh, got saved at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com or whatever email is on your platform where you are. And uh, also, when you do that, we can send you some more free materials to help you to grow in the faith. And we can also receive your prayer requests. Send us your prayer requests so that uh, we can pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, tomorrow night, if the Lord tarries his coming and we live, and, uh, and, and I do want you to understand, uh, I mean that when I say that, because the Lord can come back in the rapture tonight. And uh, I, I will not be here tomorrow. So, uh, so if, the, if it's the Lord's will and if the Lord tarries is coming, I'll be preaching tomorrow night. Uh, I will continue to preach the long-running series, praying through the Bible and uh, dealing with the subject of how that there's a prayer that God will not answer. So tell your friends and family members and everybody else, make sure you go to your church first. And, uh, and even if we're going at the same time, you go to your church. Uh, the people who belong here and the people who come here every Wednesday night, uh, they know who they are. But you're invited uh, to tap in once you have joined your pastor and your church where you are, online or otherwise, because I do not recommend anybody, still to this day, I don't recommend anybody to go to the church building uh, until everything is cleared up and God gives the okay. But you do as you please. Um, and also on tomorrow, if the Lord tarries is coming, we'll have another, another devotional service probably before that. So make sure you pray without ceasing until then and understand that anything can happen between now and then. So you need to stay in prayer. You need to stay prayed up. Uh, you need to read and meditate on the word of God as well. As the music plays, God bless you, my dear friends, until next time.